What's up, world? It's Timbaland. Yes, the little Chico Pitbull. Yo, man, it's your boy, Kid Cudi. We are L-M-F-A-O. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more Time. djlittlerock.com check availability and get a free price quote and maybe you can have me at your next event you know i like to party with the people the people need to be entertained are you not entertained make your next thing a big one speaking of entertainment today on the program i'm so excited for you to hear carolina two-time shine that's a cool name right that's a cool stage name or maybe it's his real name i don't know We'll find out in the next few minutes. Stick around. <laughs> this week's shows, I will be at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, my usual Friday night gig, the video dance party, karaoke jam. Yeah, I said karaoke. You're the stars of the show. It's a little concert starring each and every one of you. They got a full bar, the kitchen's open, pool tables, pool tournament on Friday nights. So if you want to try your hand at playing pool and possibly make some money while you're doing it, you can check out the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, Friday night, 8 p.m. until 1230 in the AM. Go ahead. We got time. I'll wait. And then on Saturday, oh, man, I got a wedding. I know. I mentioned it. I'm teasing you because unless you're invited, you cannot come. But I'm excited. Weddings are back, baby. And and all kinds of events. I've been doing. I got a prom coming up in the next couple of weeks. I got a birthday party coming up after that. I got another wedding, another wedding. Oh, man. Oh, a grand opening coming up. I'm so excited. I love doing events. I love being part of people's best days. It's the days when they get to spend time with their family and their friends and even coworkers at the uh, grand opening. And, and I get to be a part of it. I get to make their day a little bit better. Ho- you know, hopefully, hopefully I can I can make it that much better. And let me tell you, the the uh, the events were I hand them the mics and, and they end up doing karaoke. Even if they weren't thinking about doing karaoke, the bride will come up to me or the groom will come up to me and say, huh, look at that TV screen there. Huh? You got another microphone? Huh? You got karaoke? Huh? And those, those events end up being the most fun, man. Cause people get together with their, their friends and sing the songs that they grew up with. Oh, always a good time always a good time even if they sing if they think they sing poorly i got magic microphones i'll make you sound as good as possible i got uh, a little echo we'll we'll fill your voice out a little bit (laughs) all right let's get into it with carolina two-time shine here's somebody that does not need his voice filled out he's got a really good voice All right. Uh, I got him on the Skype. So if you're listening to the audio version, I encourage you to check out the video version. YouTube.com forward slash user forward slash keys. Dan Skyping Carolina two times shine now. Oh, you're wearing ah, you're wearing your own shirt. Nah, I don't want I don't want that to be cut out of the picture at all. Nah, nah. <laughs> uh, let's get it. Let's get it. Shout out, big stuff, you 
<laughs> oh, that looks real good. Uh, Carolina, two-time shine. I- I'm guessing that you've had an iteration. It's Keys Dan. How you doing? Uh, nice to meet you, Carolina. I, I want to get you. right into it, man. I mean, you are an interesting person. You have mixed up genres. You know, people just don't do that. People, people just don't mix up genres. What are you doing with your life, Carolina? Ah, uh, we we try to we try to bring a positive change. You already know what time it is. Let's get it. <laughs> so so no segregation of the uh, of the uh, country and the hip hop styles. We're gonna blend nah, uh, unity like America. <laughs> like America yeah. is a blend of all kinds of different kinds of people. And and I'm guessing that having that style, having that uh, that want, that desire to blend things is is going to bring you. A broad audience. When you go to a Carolina, and I'm guessing it's Carolina two times shine because I know you've had iterations. I'm looking back on your videos and looking back on your social media. Some of it says Carolina shine. Why? Why did you change to the two times? Oh, we come back two times hard. You already know what time it is. <laughs> okay. We well, what happened with uh, with 1.0? If this is the 2.0 iteration of Carolina Shine, what happened to 1.0? Uh, w- w- did you try something just, and it just, uh, just didn't work out? Market, smart market, great team. Great okay. Man. Okay. No. Well, you you were Carolina Carolina Shine, and how long ago was that? Uh, shit. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't too long ago. I probably say a couple months to the transition of this Carolina two times Shine, and the statement is we're gonna. Two times harder, you know? Just like sometimes stars take thousands, maybe tens of thousands of years to shine their brightest, and then eventually they become supernova, you know? It only took you two months to figure out Carolina shines too small. I got to think bigger. Two times. Come back twice as hard. Great great management, great team. Well, I want to yeah, I want to give a shout out to Robin uh, Shockley. I had her on the podcast yesterday and she talked about you with high respect. And she feels like uh, you know it, it was very fast. It came on like a bullet train that uh she got involved with you and then all of a sudden, pow! She is on the Carolina two-time shine train uh, like a it's bullet. Going crazy. It is. Yeah, yeah, she it's a blessing. It's a blessing for sure. Everybody on this team is a blessing. Okay. And um, we're, we're working. Well, Carolina, sure. that's a that's a blessing. You you've mentioned that, and her faith has a lot to do with who she is, uh, Robin Shockley. Yes, and then, Carolina, I'm looking at you, and I even looked at the uh, the interview that you did with her. Kind of a short interview on your YouTube page that uh, I encourage yes, people to go look up. And I, you can call me Dan if you'd like. Calling me, sir, is like put an elevator in an outhouse. We were yes, just having a conversation, man. We're learning. Yeah, that's that's going to be hard to break, but we're we going to work on it. Well, because you got that southern hospitality. I'm from way down south. I'm from Miami, which is like the biggest suburb of New York. I've been, I've been told since I'm from Miami, Florida, I'm like a Yankee from Miami. How is it down there? It's way, it, it's, uh, it was nice to grow up there. My whole life was blue. Um, from, well, Keys came from the Florida Keys. So I spent, I spent a lot of my life in the Florida Keys on the ocean, uh, fishing and, and diving and doing all kinds of water sports on the ocean. And now I find myself in Arkansas. Talk about okay. Southern. That's the deep South, kind of like where you're at in the Carolinas. I mean, tell, tell me about, what, okay, Carolina. I don't know if I should call you Carolina, Mr. Shine, Mr. Two Times. Hey, 
Whatever go work for you, yo. We got two times Sean. We got Carolina Sean. We got hey, whatever Carolina. I mean, have however you want to call it. Well, before we get into the song that shares your same name, and I, I enjoy it. I like it so Appreciate much. It. What Appreciate gives you? What give you the inspiration to make a song and even take the name Carolina Shine? I mean, once again, great, great team, great management, smart marketing. Um, every song is, is is designed to to be be something that's going to last. So I mean, but I know that, that that's not the name that that your mom and dad gave you. But so you've taken this nom de plume, this this stage name. Where did you, where did you get it from? Oh, I mean, it's just represent from where I'm from. You know, the backwoods. You know, Carolina. This is where I've, where I've been out majority of my whole life. So it's just basically we repping we repping the whole state in one right now. So we're gonna push that energy. And we, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best on stage every time to let them know we gonna represent. It's good to take care of the people that have taken care of you when you, uh, you know, you go into your own backyard and take care of the people that have helped you along. Right. Uh, you know, that's where that's where we're all going to be stronger. Take care of each other. And I, I know I talked a lot about that yesterday on on uh, Robin Shockley's po- podcast, but I, I can tell that that you got you two gelled together as soon as you met. It felt like it was a team or she was a good part of the team. And I know you have more people in the team and I want you to give shout outs and give credit where credit is due as we uh, progress in this podcast. And and I want to know more about Carolina, the, the young man and it, he, she's in South Carolina, but I find you in North Carolina. Yes, sir. So growing up little, little baby Carolina, little tiny, little tiny shine. What were you doing? Were you, were you rapping to the fellas? Were you, uh, what were we rapping to the ladies out there and trying to, you know, where, where did you develop this gift of gab? My story started from my first platform was church. So growing up, I was in a single parent home. So my mother, she's, you know, very religious. So me wanting to rap the first platform I had was going to be the church. So that's when I started my like inspirational, motivational type songs. And as it grew, just knowing what all right, I feel like this is my calling. So now just transform to an energy that's going to represent for a lot of people that, you know, they can enjoy. Well, it's amazing how church is an inspiration for a lot of people. Uh, you know, having your faith, having a God uh, that uh, that you hold on high, a higher power, somebody that guides you, uh, a, a feeling, a force that guides you. It's amazing how much that becomes a uh, a guiding light in a lot of people's uh, careers and endeavors. But I'm, I'm guessing, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, was there a preacher that had a good gift of gab? And you saw the way he was preaching, because that's the first rap that's here is when the priest or the rabbi or their uh, I'm not sure what the, the Muslims call their their uh, head guy there. But, uh, you know, when he's up or she's up there talking about God, that is the rap. That's the first rap that we ever hear. Was that something that inspired you? Um. At that time, I was I was getting introduced to the rap industry. So Lil Bow Wow was he was very, very influential at that time. So watching him, but knowing you know, what I'm saying how I was how I was coming up in music, I just wanted to transition that that hey, this energy of performances can can also be introduced into to how we worship at that you know, what I'm saying at that time of growing up. So just as it grew, it just become like that that energy of performance that really has uh, stayed with me. And I believe that's like a key strength. So we're just utilizing what what, what the uh, advantage is. And that's, and that's we're going to put on a great show every time. 
Well, I was living in, in Fort Lauderdale down in South Florida, and I was providing the sound for this Christian group, to, and a lot of them had Christian rappers in them. And to me, to my untrained ears, it was always, it sounded like a secular rap and then every once in a while, you threw Jesus in there. You know, it was still like, I'm the best from the east to the west. Jesus loves me. You know, it was that kind of a it, that kind of a feel to me. Did you start rapping in a in a Christian way or did you always do a secular thing? Oh, uh, no, no. I started out in doing like a lot of Christian platforms. So I was getting invited to a lot of platforms that had, uh, let's say, good, good settings, good environments, good crowds. And um, I was just being able to form my like inspirational, motivational raps to the, those type of platforms. So just getting comfortable with performing is something that allowed me to be able to do with, with just those platforms of that inspirational type come up of getting experience at. So then it just it just all made sense later on. Well, being a child of a, a, a single parent, and I'm the same, too. I mean, my mom, you know, I, I think my mom and dad got divorced either when I was six months old or when she was six months pregnant. I never got the straight story on that. I'm going to have to go back and ask mom about that. And every once in a while, he would come back into the picture, back and forth, really didn't do a lot for me. I heard years ago that he had passed away, and I went, hmm, I, I don't know how to feel about that, but... Eh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sad that somebody died. Now, there have been some great uh, stepdads in the picture. My first stepdad was from South Carolina, so I've been to South Carolina. That's one of the Carolinas. I've been there, and I love the country. I love that that uh, that uh, p- the place that you're living in. And I, I know that, what is it, North and South Carolina. Do you remember the, uh, the history of that? They split up. Why? Because of, of slavery? Because North wanted... No slavery in South. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the reason why they split. I don't know why that. Yeah, that kind of sticks in my head. I feel like I heard that a long time ago. And you being from the Carolinas, I figured, eh, maybe you'll have some knowledge of, of the history, and maybe you'll rap about it. Maybe you'll look it up and you'll go, huh? I'll make a rap about it. And, you know, because that's where your inspiration comes from. It comes from everywhere. It's amazing the superpower that you have. You could take whatever knowledge you have, spit it into a microphone on a beat, and turn it into entertainment. And maybe an education for people. Amazing. Amazing. I was listening to the Carolina song, the Carolina Shine song. Now, I know, did that come? There was another song called Carolina Shine, and then you hip-topped it up, right? Is that what it is? Well, I mean, there could have been a Carolina Shine already out. We just, Carolina Shine on it was what it was going to be. And um, from there, after the record was made, that's what it was. So Carolina Shine on it, we was going to introduce some of that. Okay, I mean it's nice. You made your own theme song. Yeah, whenever you come on the stage, bam, that's the song that needs to start playing. People are going to be expecting that. Now, do you have you have other songs that are in the works or stuff that's just now being produced as well? Well, we have a another single out. It's on the Carolina Two Time Shine www.carolinatwotimeshine.com. If you go check that website out, you can actually hear the new single for the Chevy, produced by the same producer, Ace the Beat God. So shout out to ATG, you got three productions and um, getting these records out. Shout out to Big South Music Management, Robert Shock, the whole team. Like it's, we got two strong singles out right now that um, you definitely need to go check out. Carolina Shine on them and for the Chevy, definitely on that www.carolinatwotimeshine.com website. Make sure to check that out. Crazy. Man, you're t- you're talking my language now, Ford or Chevy? Uh, you know, because the uh, which one you got? 
Well, when I, I have which a Ford, one, which one you I have a Ford, you know, Ford. Okay. yeah. Okay. And I've had several Fords. I've had Mustangs to my, almost my whole life. I had a, a 60, uh, 67 Mustang. That was my mom's really, but I used to borrow it every once in a while. She didn't know. She didn't know that I borrowed it. And then I had an 80, right. uh, 85 Mustang hatchback. It was only a four. No, it was a six cylinder. So it wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was red and I put bass lines all over it and it had a good sound system. And yeah. then I got in a motorcycle wreck and they gave, oh. they gave me some money for that. So I bought a, uh, I bought an 88 Mustang Sebring GT and it okay. was convertible. Now that was okay. a Ford. That was a car. I used to drive that down the Fort Lauderdale strip and people would just jump in that car. Mostly girls would jump in that car and 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 uh yeah that was a good time that was a good time so yeah miami no miami for sure and that was fort lauderdale as well the fort lauderdale strip if you ever heard of it there's a lot of movies that have that in it but uh you know i digress man i I remember down in uh in miami i would go to a lot of car shows and my favorites were to see the the muscle cars of yesteryear and a lot of them were, were fords chevys dodges from the 60s from the early 70s those were cars that were made they didn't care about gas guzzling they cared about things that looked good even the 50s they had you know and even before that when cars were first being made they had some style to them right and now they're all they all look like spaceships because they all want to be aerodynamic and and they don't want to use any gas which is probably a smart thing but tell me about you and your ford or chevy experience i would probably say i would leave more to chevy just because that's just what i heard a lot growing up chevy's everybody's all right chevy is getting chevy so i mean i don't i would probably lean more to chevy though just because that's just what i was seeing the most honestly on that part. Well, I know in my 20s when I, I was down in the uh, Florida Keys, I was a firefighter down there and I had a, uh, a Ford F100 pickup truck. And I know that I spent a lot of time sitting in that engine working on that truck. And, and I've heard that Ford is fixed or repaired daily. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I've heard I've heard things. So, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't remember ever owning a Chevy. I used to work at a place where they they had me drive a Chevy van. It was it was a pretty cool Chevy van. But uh, for yeah. the most part, I've owned Fords my whole life, man. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I like uh, I like um, how they still work together. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty cool. I thought how to, uh, to be such big names, how they still kind of cross promote and just, you know, they still they still do good business. You know what I'm saying? Like how they how they promote so I, I, that was interesting when i started finding out more about the ford and chevy brands and like i was like, okay like, this is a well i mean they've had their history they still have their problems as well man you know people go oh ford and chevy they're american made well not well maybe uh there's a lot of uh their industry has been moved over to mexico and uh and it i, I know it, it could get real political but uh people people move their businesses wherever they get cheap labor you know, better, better cost efficiency. And do we get a better product? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you know, I'm sure Mexican people, uh, you know, for the most part, there's good workers there that can uh, build cars. But the people in Detroit, I feel like they get left in the cold for, uh, sometimes. You know, I, I don't know a lot about it, but I feel like uh, like a lot of the American companies that uh, built America are, are moving out of America. What do you think? I mean, the times we live in, I mean, you just, everything's got a plan. That's how I see it. Yeah. I mean, it's good that you have a job entertaining the people. And, uh, you know, I don't know how, how, how your mom felt about that well, when you said, you know what, mom, I want to be a rapper. 
What did she say? Uh, she always said I was going to be a, a pastor. You know, my dad was a pastor. So looking back at it, this is just my way of, hey, my, this way I can do my ministry. You know, how I can, I can promote my energy. I feel like, and that was, that was the best way I feel like I could do it to me. Well, I mean, you got to get the get the flock together any way you can, I suppose. You know, and I I know I've I've searched my whole life uh, for uh, a higher power. There was a time in my life when I was, uh, you know, a real zealot, a real um, I guess it, people called me a Jesus freak. But uh, I've I've since calmed down quite a bit. <laughs> I think I'm losing you. And he's back. All right. But uh, you know, tell, I mean, tell me more about you growing up. I mean, how how did you end up uh, well as a, as a single parent life? Uh, what what happened to your dad? He was a pastor. Um, growing up on that situation, it was I went to Pennsylvania up in that area with my dad for a little bit, and uh, it was a situation. So once that happened, my mother and them uh, came and got me from North Carolina. So when they brought me back to North Carolina, that was the the final time I last time I see my father. So. From there on, um, it was one of those things that my mother was going to raise me from here and I was going to stay in North Carolina instead of going back and forth to Pennsylvania to Carolina. So once I recognized that and I understood it, that's when I, I started to embrace where I was from and really truly, all right, this is, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm working with. All right. Well, here you go. There's an experience that you've had. You've had the North and South experience. I've never really gone north of the Mason-Dixon line. I think I-40 was my my cross uh, my uh my line in the sand i've never been north of i-40 i don't think i mean unless i i think that when i was a, a little baby i was in indiana for a little bit but uh, that's a I, that's something that i don't remember but you grew up primarily in the south but then you spent some time in pennsylvania as well what was the different experience for you just a bigger city just what was going on where was that pennsylvania just you know apartments back to back lined up on each other and uh, I just wasn't seeing stuff like that and the uh, big bridges like you know just, just everything about the um, that brotherly love you know what I'm saying the Philly type vibe so and then Carolina it was just more backwards you know where I was at it was just more you know more laid back type of lifestyle so definitely a huge transition well, how old were you when you were in Pennsylvania? It was about nine. Nine. Yeah. Okay. So you can still remember a little bit about it uh, to where you see you had a lot of friends, you, you did a lot of playing in the streets, a lot of uh, w w what kind of stuff did you get into in Pennsylvania when you were nine years old? Well, I mean, I was at that time I was I was a pastor's son, so I was just going going to church with pies, you know, and uh, after that, just not really doing the most, you know, I mean, just living that, that ordinary lifestyle of that. And um, just family time, stuff like that. I mean, we go out, take the dogs out, might go to the park, you know, walk around. I mean, it's just it was just the average average lifestyle of what was going on for me. Well, Carolina, the old story has always been uh, the preacher's daughter is always the one that breaks out. The preacher's son, the preacher's daughter is the one that's going to, you know, break out and try to get their their uh, horizons expanded uh, before anybody else is that the experience that you've had or do you find that you've you've held yourself back a little bit uh, and not gotten in too much trouble absolutely those effects so definitely when you when I, was, I guess just when you get held back from a lot of stuff that you feel like you know it just is the way of life i guess in some situations and yeah i mean yeah we had our dark times we we go through
is a go-to. But, I mean, once you get back to your roots, that's a dangerous person from there. I yeah. Like. And that's what's being a teenager. I mean, I, I know even the uh, the uh, the people that are the most religious people, I guess the Amish, they have a thing called the Rumspringer where they send their kids out into the world, into the secular world for about a year and let them experience it. And most of them come right back home, you know, and, and, and go back to that that life where they're using no power tools and no Internet and no television. And they go back to that. I mean, do you find that even if you were breaking out and I don't know and I, I don't know if you want to divulge, you know, what you were getting into, you don't even have to. But, uh, you know, once you got out there, did you find that that the the, the lessons that you learned as a younger child even, you know, whether in the church or in school or from your mom, you know, you, that's a big, big part of your life. You feel like that's what pulled you back and maybe saved you a little bit? Well, it definitely, definitely taught me to understand how to fear God more in a way of your decisions. So, like, definitely the journey, I, I don't regret. I just, it made, made me who I am. It made me understand why I, I decided to, all right, I, I want to keep it like this. I want to be, I want to live like this. I want to, you know what I'm saying, inspire people to be. You know what I'm saying? Something with your energy, something of good. So, I mean, yeah, definitely because I've witnessed what bad did to me. So, I definitely want to, um, I'm going to help people from straying down a path that you're just going to come right back out of. So, if we can try to redirect you faster. And yeah, Carolina two times shot. Um, for sure, man. You got to help yourself. You got to make sure that you're steady and, and then you try to help out other people. You know, I tell, man, I, I think I said it yesterday. Uh, you know, if you sweep your own front yard, the whole world will be clean. If everybody swept their own front yard, the whole world will be clean. You got to act locally and think globally, you know, take care of what you can. Uh, all I can do is take care of, of this, of what I can see of all my friends, my family, my neighborhood try to expand you know with this podcast i get to you know uh have people enlighten me and in turn enlighten the rest of the world potentially you know with with and we're learning from you carolina two shine two times shine <laughs> i'm still trying to figure out what to call you carolina two times shine i i feel like there was a oh that movie goodfellas uh was it johnny two uh, okay. times was it johnny two times hey you always say yeah i gotta get the papers get the papers get the paper <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. right well Classic. We left you in Pennsylvania as a nine-year-old, but then your mom uh, brought you back quickly to North Carolina. How old were you when you came back to North Carolina? That was, I think, around the age of 13. And that's it. No more no more going no. to Pennsylvania from there. No, I just, it wasn't, that wasn't part of the routine no more. All right. So 13, you're a teenager in North Carolina, in the backwoods. What kind of stuff are you getting into? I remember I I was living in the Everglades and I used to uh, jump gators with my three wheeled ATV, you know. So uh, that was the thing. I don't I don't even know if we were actually jumping gators. It was a lot of jumping in uh, on, on four wheelers and three wheelers and and, right. uh, and motorcycles. I mean, what do you do in the backwoods of North Carolina? I mean, around that time, like uh, I was still, I was still almost on the same schedule. So when I came back down to North Carolina, my mother had me in a, a private Christian school, so it was back to, so, you know, I was, so I was still witnessing almost the, the same principles. So it was just the lifestyle of that was, you know, church Wednesday, Sunday, school, get to bed. So I mean, I, I wasn't truly uh, out on my own yet. At that time, I was still going through my foundation period. 
of uh, my principles, I feel like, of what, what made me who I am today. All right. Well, 13 to 18, how were you doing in school? Did you go to uh, Christian school the whole time? No, no. After um, fifth grade, that's when uh, I was introduced to the public school. So that was, you know, that was that was, <laughs> that was interesting as well. So, I mean, yeah, definitely. It was, it's, it's been a time for sure on this journey. But going into the public school, I remember the first thing was questioning. It was just, um, I remember the the jokes on like uh, the virginity. I remember the jokes of not matching. I remember the jokes on. Um, I remember asking somebody why did they cuss so much. I, did, I I was still new to a lot of stuff, so uh, there was a lot. Of, it was rough through like the sixth grade. I remember just, but I remember there was people that still knew, you know, where where I was located at, where I lived and stuff. So I mean, it wasn't I wasn't alone, but I was still I was still having to find who I was throughout. You know, what I'm saying a, a public audience you now when it comes to, I guess, society from private school to public. So definitely, it was it was not no easy transition. I, I still had to understand who I was, understand what was going on. So I had help with um, a lot of a lot of good friends to this day throughout some of those moments. For sure. Well, Carolina, I, I understand that transition very well. When I was a kid uh, from, I guess, uh, from second through sixth grade, I was in Catholic school. And let me tell you, in Miami, in Catholic school, I'm half Cuban, half Irish. And, and, and let me tell you, I didn't know that that there was a difference in races until seventh grade when I went to public school. And they told me, oh, yeah, that's a black guy over there. That's an Asian guy over there. That's a, you know, they had to tell me because I, you know, in my family, I'm being Cuban, I have cousins that are black as night, man. And they used to say, oh, he's not black. He's Cuban. He's Cubano. He's Cubano. No, but Negro. Hey, donde esta? You know, it was, it was like that. So I imagine, was there a culture shock similarly? And, you know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, and I hope I haven't poisoned the well too much telling my story. But Carolina, going from a Christian school, you know, wearing uniforms, everybody looks the same. You know, you don't have to worry about what clothes you're wearing. And then you go off to a public school and you can wear whatever you want. And you might get ridiculed or, you know, or or talk to about what you're wearing or how you look. Is that the experience you had? Well, break that down. Um, well, there was a house fire that that we witnessed where I was living. That it was where me and my mother and I stayed. So after that house fire, the church took care of us and helped fund us in a hotel for it until we figured out the next location where we was gonna live. So at that time, when we lost everything, all the clothes and stuff. I'm, I'm going to school with just whatever that was being blessed to us. So when that hit me, when um, I was going to public school with uh nothing right <laughs> just whatever that was being blessed to me to wear and still taking on like it, it, you're not matching i had to understand like it, there's a huge difference and i had to, that's when i started understanding all right there, there's almost two worlds that I'm, I'm having to get accustomed to so it was definitely um it was interesting you know i mean you know you just something you learn from every, every i don't regret nothing everything was um part of the journey for a reason i believe it, it truly made me who i was no, definitely a learning experience. And I remember uh, the first day of school in public school was always a fashion show. And people were wearing their brand new clothes. And I was begging my mom for $11 Converse. Uh, no, $11 Converse. And the Converse, uh, the regular Chucks were 11 bucks over at Jay Byron's. And my mom said, no, we can't afford that. Single mom, you know, for the most part. 
We can't afford that. We went over to the local Winn-Dixie uh, grocery store and got uh, like $2 Bobos. That was my shoes. So talk about getting made fun of. I understand that completely getting made fun of. But then you start to, did you start to own it? Or how did you get through that situation? Did you talk your way out of it? Were you able to find that gift of gab? I, I think I watched House Party and uh, and uh, Kid and Play. I remember, was it Chris Chris Reed or Chris Martin? Chris Reed was, uh, you know, rapping to get himself out of it. You know, somebody told him, tell jokes. How did you get through uh seventh grade eighth grade ninth grade um well i mean to add on to that story uh the sunday uh the youth pastor i'm sorry for where i was at at church he was actually he was one of the um they had something to do with like the head of like the the law enforcement of where i was staying you know saying in that city so there was on sundays there's certain days that they would come bring the task force they do sweep through the through the neighborhood and my mother and i <laughs> You know, I'm looking at my my youth pastor, like my son, and um, then understanding like this is this is my youth pastor, you know, and then but I'm where I am, so it's there was and then had to do with the public school part, so there was there was just a lot going on for me. So how I got through all that was I really just seen it as you can you can see me how you wanna, you can judge me how you wanna, you can say how you want about me, but as long as I truly knew who I was throughout the whole moment then eventually it's going to make sense later. Well, what, what did you focus on? Were you able to focus on your studies? Did you do sports? Were there any extra extracurricular activities that uh, you put your mind to? Or, or, or was it God that kept you through? Where, where did you, where did you uh, focus yourself to? Well, I, I took it right back to the music. So I was, I was doing the platforms for the, uh, the inspirational stuff they had. So I would go out of town, go to the Detroit, Greensboro, stuff like that. Stuff, everything they had going on events, I was just making sure I was part of. I, like I could perform, I could do. So every weekend I was usually trying to, you know what I'm saying, perform somewhere at church. So I, I tried to stay busy with the music because I realized that was my event. That was my way of all right, that's my expression. That whatever I was going through, I, I would I would describe it in my songs at that time, and and that was just my way that helped me. So I believe it was just finding what was going to be my outlet of what everything I was going through, and how can we shoot it out one time? Wait a minute, your teenage years were you traveling with a show with a with the church? Right. Is that what you were right, doing? Right, right, right. Yeah, you're right, right, right. I was already doing the music at that time, so I mean, it was like the book is it was. It was it was a blessing how this whole came about, but yeah, it was definitely it was it was busy, you know. At that time, doing the uh, the church spiritual event, like inspirational events, let's say, and um, just doing those type of platforms. So performance, that's it, it grew from a lot of my early um, uh, stages of doing music from doing a lot of different church events that was available at that time that that we could do and you know at that time it wasn't paid by like all right this is they do it by like donation checks so that's what would help us all right get the gas all right go to you know what I'm saying have, it, it was just it was already just being able to move in a way that i could get used to now that it makes sense of how we're doing it now and shout out to big south music management so it's it's just basically taking this to that and, and we're gonna perfect it we're no gonna, absolutely and, and you were yeah yes. wait did i hear you say you didn't just stay in north carolina you went out as far as detroit and further than that where did where did you uh take the tour as a uh, you know like the church festivals where, where did you go well see the once the church realized this is what i wanted to do it became, you know, God's God's grace. All right. They started I was meet up with different churches and like um I go to one van the next van and that van go to that event and I'll perform for that. And then it just it was just how it worked out. It was just 
it, it allowed me to get out of everything I was around and I got to stay busy. To me, that's how it helped me a lot. I didn't get to really have to deal with too much of a lot with where I was at at the time. Well, where, exa- where exactly were you going were you, uh, and what were you doing? Were you performing or were you uh, stage handing or a little bit of all of it or what, what were you doing? It was like the same thing. Artists performing, just selling singles, $5 CDs here and there. I mean, just cr- building my foundation. What I had no clue what would be today that's it was a lot to start with uh performing just just i was every weekend something every sunday you know just well what kind of what kind of music what kind of music were you singing at church church events um it was just a lot of inspirational just a lot of no cussing like how we do with you know saying with the carolina two-time shine a lot of energy um and positive positive lyrics and and it's the same foundation so getting back to my roots you're, you're witnessing everything that really um, how to start it the mustard seed really <laughs> well do you remember some of the earlier songs that you were singing were they original songs were they hymnals were they uh songs that were written for you or written by others were, what what no, was I, I was still right i was writing everyone but at that time it was not the business part of knowing all that was not in place it was just it was just at a point where it's just write a song record it get it on the beat, you know what I'm saying, go to the studio, go on stage, rap it, blah, blah, you know what I'm saying, it wasn't, it wasn't LLC ready, it wasn't business tax model, it wasn't, none of that was broke down yet, um, that was just something to do, and it turned into something that, that became busy, and, and then I realized, alright, this, this, this might be it. No, these are the seeds, and I want people right. to, to know this, this is the seeds that get planted that become Carolina Two Times Shine, and you know, right. these, these are the seeds that people need to cultivate and i'm and i want the moms and dads that are listening uh, to let let them know I, there's two ways that you can raise a child you could be a carpenter or you could be a gardener have you heard of these two ways break it down okay a carpenter will say you're going to be a pastor and they will give you every opportunity only down that path they will hammer you until you become a pastor or a doctor or a lawyer or whatever what you know a baker whatever they want you to be and you just go down that one path a gardener will plant seeds give you a lot of tools for your toolbox oh let's plant a few seeds over here oh he likes music he likes playing guitar oh he likes law books oh he likes uh, playing doctor he likes you know she likes this she li- and then you you water that you cultivate you you become a gardener you let them experience everything i think i i, I become a, like a gardener for for my uh for well the the one that's in the house still she gets a lot of tools in her toolbox do you feel how do you feel your mom was raising you where she wanted you to go down one path or she was giving you the opportunity to explore for yourself definitely definitely i had to say here she she molded that pastor preacher that type of title uh as me growing up that was molded of like this is what i see this was the vision i guess and how i seen it was i knew how i was living after the fact of um that start off with that type of music and i was just like well i don't i don't know if that's really my platform i guess how i what i got going on and i just seen music that was that was i guess that was gonna be my way of you know not straying away from what you're saying, Mama, but this this might be 
this might be who I am. You know what I'm saying? We have to do it like this. So. Well, from what I'm understanding, you <laughs> kept some of the values. Uh, like, uh, what is it, KRS-One? I don't think he curses in any of his songs. And I remember growing up in the 80s. Yeah, I'm, I come from the 80s. A lot of the rap, there was no cursing in the rap. You know, it was, you know, uh, the hip, the hop, the hibbity, you know, the uh, rapper's delight, crush, that whole even run dmc they you know and and my favorite rapper heavy d you know they they didn't curse back then it wasn't really until the late 80s early 90s two live crew really changed the whole game and and made people figure out oh i better put this little parental advisory on the bottom of this uh record but a lot of kids growing up at that time said oh i i know which record i want because it's the one that has that parental advisory label on it. But do you think, Carolina, two times shine, you're going to make records that don't need that label? Or they we're do need def- We're going to definitely we're gonna do it without, without the curse. And that is definitely the plan of the character of the, what, we're, what we're promoting. So, I mean, the language always be acceptable for everybody to listen to and enjoy. So that is, de- you know what I'm saying? That's definitely... <laughs> That's that's the ultimate goal of our music for sure is to make sure the masses could can accept it. Anybody is, you know, there's there's no problem for anybody. You can play, it, enjoy it, express your energy, and that's that's Caroline Two Times Shine. So no, I can appreciate that so much. I mean, I, I'm getting you know I I've been DJing since 1986, uh, so yeah, I, I've been doing it a long time. And every year I wonder, am I getting too old for this? Should I stop? And then I do a Sweet 16 party or a prom. I got a prom coming up in the next couple of weeks, and I rock the house. And I always got to find the clean versions of all the dirty songs that they want to hear. You know, and, and do you feel, and Devil's Advocate, do you feel like some of the other rappers are going to look at you and going to laugh at you like, you're, like your clothes aren't matching because you're, you're limiting your, yourself um, with your words? Or do you feel like, like maybe it's it's uh it's not a limitation it's an expansion of what you've always grown up with how do you explain uh not cursing in your songs are the kids gonna dig it still how do i feel about that i feel like it's 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 a change that was probably probably well needed maybe but you know that's how we come so if that's how they accept it that's how we're going to continue to come so i mean it's just getting used to what we're doing and getting used to how we're coming so if that's cool with you that's a that's a great great job on our part but if you still are getting used to the not cussing then we're going to continue to not cuss in our records so we want to at least get you used to that so i mean if you like the music we got we got the same type of energy coming, the same type of music for everybody. So it's just embracing that that change that we're trying to do of how how we're doing it. Well, most of the time I could find clean versions of the songs, but let me tell you, I've been in radio since 1986 as well, and I you know I've I've kind of talked to a lot of other people in other countries that really that have been uh, in broadcasting as well. And Jamaica, their their version of the FCC. They will not let you play a song that has to be edited. You have to sing a song without cursing, have it clean already as made, and then they could play it on their radio. But if you got to bleep anything, you got to you know backtrack. Let me tell you, uh, the the first time that I I remember this is probably in the in the early nineties. There was a song called "Nuck If You Buck," they, and the kids. The, I think it was a Sweet Sixteen party. They wanted to hear that song so bad. And I was like, I can't find a clean version of it. So I played like a karaoke version of it. 
and the kids were singing the words and they said the words i said what do you like what do you like about the song the beat i said well there's the beat your mom doesn't want to hear that man you know and and i think i I think i'd have pride if if i was something someone like you to have songs that you're not afraid to let your mom listen to you know you're not listening in your headphones you know i see a lot of kids on the uh, you know in the malls or whatever on the street corners they're listening with their headphones because they're kind of embarrassed about what they're listening to but for you they're not going to be embarrassed they can listen to this song that's got a good message and, and and put it out to the world and not be afraid oh you're listening to that music it's got too much cursing in it not yours what do you think why it's smart marketing <laughs> man i just rattled off this whole big thing i'm trying to get some stuff out of you man i want i want to know more about you man i want to i want a story from you man when you got out of uh the um the church uh the you know going on tours with the church and you're in school i mean did you did you sing in school did you rap in school and then once you get out of uh, of high school, what did you do? What where, what is Carolina two time shine going to be when he grows up? Uh, you know, at that time. Well, I mean, at that time during school, I was playing sports, so like sports was before the music type outlet for me. So when like my friends and the stuff like we go on the weekends, like play football here and there. But when we weren't playing football, season was over all season. That's when I started getting introduced to recording. So that's when they had like the, the mobile record setups at the home. And um, I had no clue how to do none of that rap. So like I said, it's before the rap kicked in. So I was kind of introduced to rap in a different way from every single direction almost. And like my friends were rapping and I was like, okay, well, that's like, all right, you're up. I'm over here like, I don't, I thought we played sports. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just going with the flow, you know? You know, so I get up there on the mic and then I don't know how to rap really deliver yet. So I'm rapping like deep voice and like it has no melody no flow and they play it back and that's the first time i've heard myself recorded and i was like oh i can do that better <laughs> i was like nah that ain't that ain't it so then i started getting in that for so i was like oh so this week we can record it so i was like all right I, since i didn't like the way i sounded it wasn't trying to be the best artist i just didn't like the way i sounded so I was like, all right, I'm gonna prove this since it's, you know, I'm rapping with my friends and stuff. We're gonna make we're gonna make cool songs, you know. That's what it was. So once I started noticing that I was still trying to perfect the, the flow that I wasn't pleased with, the voice I wasn't pleased with, that's when um I realized it was it was a it was maybe just a hobby to to something I was doing it with. And to me, I took it as, well, this is this is why I started up, this is what we're doing. So I finish it. And that like and then it picked up to the recording turned into the CDs. The record the CDs turned into shows. The shows turned into the donations. And then the cycle just got it repeated and then just started to grow on its own. And I started to realize that I couldn't even truly understand why I was wanting to do music. Mm-hmm. But I just realized that it started from me wanting to perfect what I heard from what I did. And I just wanted to better that. So then the repetition of the the grind for like okay now i'm recording every day i'm writing every day like i'm like i'm going and i'm obsessed with it i'm just i'm i'm writing notebooks full like this it's going like it's just it's taking over me like and i realized that i to extent of this is what you need though to to get in that in that motion of if you want to do this music and it was like 
well, once I realized, all right, we got, we kind of got this far there, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was just now starting to meet people then who could help take it to the next level. So it's like a uh, big South shout out to big South music management, Robin Shockley, SML, the video crew, Gat three productions, Ace the beat guys. So when I started getting introduced to people who went crazy in their own lane and just like they dominated what they do, it just it, it came together and it's just we never looked back since. So it's just it's been a blessing of um having platforms. I wanna say shout out to yourself, you know, appreciate having us on here. So I mean and this just having different people to work with. I love the network. So I love the um be social. I think my, I got it from my mother. She always talked at the end of church. And I'm, Mama, come on. Can we? I'm ready to go eat. Mama, I'm ready to go. She's talking. So I just, I got accustomed to watching her network, I feel like, after church, but in a social way. Fellowship, what we call it. So networking to me was just always, it's something I seen at the end of church. You know what I'm saying? Mama, I'm ready to go. But this this time, my round, it's going to be business. You know what I'm saying? So Everything is just is, is from the foundation of I, I don't regret a thing. It's it's definitely helped me view life how I see it today, and um, just getting with the right people, having have great uh, people who who believe in what they're doing as well, and you just bring that together, and you can have great entertainment, great business, and um, great results. And that that's just the main thing. You're just getting around people that that want to do something major in their life, and um. Major with major, <laughs> that's paper. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, yeah. it's definitely a blessing to see the level of working with different people that um, definitely take their craft serious, and that's that drives you to, uh, I believe, go harder. And um, what you want to do because you're witnessing it, you're seeing people grow, you're seeing people rise, you're seeing people change their life, and it's like, okay, it's it's, it's less impossible, and it's more just you just learn from there and I believe that that's been a blessing in my life and be able to have the wisdom and knowledge and understanding to kind of view how, how this is going on now you're talking Carolina two times shine well you're talking about this you know this interview thing where where uh you know you're thanking me I'm thanking you because I'm learning from you I'm it's purely selfish when I get to talk to to people just like you because I wonder I want to wonder you know, I've never sang a song. I've never recorded myself singing a song or rapping a rap. You know, all the raps that I know are mostly from Heavy D and the boys, man. Whenever somebody says, lay down a rap, I'm I'm doing somebody that wants me for me, be, not because I'm MC Heavy D. You know, it, it's, right. it, it's always something that, that was stolen. And I know De La Soul had a song called Potholes in My Lawn. Where and that was one of my favorites, man. But then when I actually delved into it and listened to that song, it's about people stealing their rhymes, stealing their raps. And for somebody that can come up with it on their own and and to get inspiration from wherever you get inspiration and to come up with your own rhymes, notebooks full of raps, man, that is that's a superpower. That's a power that I do not have. That is something that you I don't know. Were you good at English or, you know, was uh, what was your favorite subject in school or what? Wow, I, like I like to spell. I remember that part. Spell. I don't know spelling. That's what it was for me. I mean, do you have a thesaurus? Is it is it rhyming books or do you just man? Is it? Natural? Well, I mean, here, here was the trick. I mean, I guess to me, I didn't do dictionary stuff. I did. I was reading the Bible. I was in stuff like that. So the words, understanding the words back then, it kind of helped my vocabulary expand because I had to learn how to say these words because that's this is what we're going to do. I mean, I was the household I was living in. So, I mean, just the Bible for sure is the literature and the 
I mean, did you come up with a, an idea of, of uh, if the word is in the Bible, I can put it in my song, even though, uh, was it damn and hell? Some people would, <laughs> some people would consider those curse words, but uh, you know, it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible, <laughs> you know, but, but you got inspiration, man. That, and, hey, that, that book, uh, whether you believe it or not, and not, it's, it's the most sold book in the whole wide world. So something good has got to be in there, you know, for people to to, to gain knowledge and, and gain uh, inspiration from. And, hey, there, there's there's worse books that you could be reading to gain inspiration. So, yeah, uh, you picked up the Bible, man. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you when you get out, or like I said, um, wh- what is it? What is your mom? I mean, does does your mom want you to fall back on another uh, idea does I mean after the pastor thing didn't work out and now you're you're are you going full time into this D into this um hip hop cowboy hip hop it's not just hip hop it's hip hop country which is a niche all in itself I know that we talked about that where did the country come in you were just so so North that was, Carolina that was, that was my that was my first job my my mother grace of God the people she knew throughout the connections of church the connections of just how she upheld herself um I was working for one of the presidents of the college uh, community colleges and he had a farm and stuff so I was before I was able to work a job legally you know age-wise she put me on the farm and I that's when I started working cowboy hats and the booze and I was taught that stuff you know I was, that was my first job so that that was a blessing for sure that was a part of the foundation that really you know I don't it was a it was a mix of a whole lot of stuff going on but it makes sense now all right well I mean growing up are you listening listening to the hip-hop and you know are you listening to the country uh, you know I guess on I mean, the farm- it, it varies it could be classical it could be it could be um country rock heavy metal i mean it's it's whatever the energy needs to me that's absolutely man, whatever, man. whatever i need to vibe off to that's what, that's what it is that's what i'll play I, and i imagine all right if, if people go to a carolina two times shine show what can they expect uh, can they expect a little bit of this a little bit of that uh, what what's what's the playlist gonna be you can definitely expect the country vibe you can expect the, the hip-hop vibe the southern vibe the poetry vibe and the energy but once the energy combines the the melodies with the lyrics with the sound with the 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 setting everything going on it's, it's just when you put something good together you have a great people that that put this stuff together and it's just it's a good show and it's it's it adds up you know what i'm saying it's it's definitely well put together well, I'm looking at some of the YouTube videos before I was uh, before I came on with you, and and some of the shows, I mean, they get wild. Some of them get get crazy. I mean, the shirt comes off. Uh, I, I, for me, back in back in my twenties, yeah, okay, maybe the shirt would come off, but right now, this shirt's staying right on. I mean, how do you stay in shape uh, to where you get comfortable in front of an audience, in front of a crowd? If they're getting wild, and you're just like. Yeah, bust open and just you know really entertain and get in and get that energy. I I do understand the energy energy exchange between a crowd and you and the performer and the performer to the crowd. It just flows. But uh, you know how do you stay in shape uh, to where you you feel like uh, hmm this shirt can come off maybe. <laughs> well, I um I was into like stuff like boxing so I, I remember training for boxing for a little bit doing stuff like that for like workouts ups I, I worked at ups so doing that type of stuff that broke my body down 
and then I went to landscaping. So that was just just a lot of things that was just involved in my body to go ahead and be just uh if it ain't gonna be the gym, I already knew that all right, if I'm doing this, this is it's gonna probably add up the same way. So that's that definitely well, b- besides the hip hop and the music, you got skills, man. You work with your hands, and that's an important uh, skill that people are losing. Kids are not learning how to work with their hands. Uh, working on Fords or Chevys, working out in the yard, working on landscape. You know, working with their working on a on a farm. These are all skills that you got. That you know, if the apocalypse ever happened, you'd you'd survive. You'd probably fare better than some of the kids that are TikTok, and that's it. That's all they do all day long. Uh, do duck faces and dance on TikTok. I mean, you're you're gonna do better. I think you're gonna you're gonna survive better. Uh, what do you think about the the new culture where it's all? You know, I know that we're uh, ironically we're on social media right now spreading your message. But how do you feel about kids that want to make a job? And I know that there's people that make millions, maybe one, maybe two, maybe a handful, maybe two handfuls that make millions on social media. But uh, what do you think about a kid that that's growing up and and doesn't want to learn a skill and wants to go into social media? And that's it. Definitely do your research. You know, YouTube, you know, YouTube can tell you a lot. And um, great, great team, a great management if you want to take it that serious. Uh, so you're going to always have to have a team. So make sure that, you know, you have a team that's, you know, saying going to be good for you. You know, and sometimes it just can't be like uh, like your friend, your buddy you grew up with. Like sometimes it's you have to take it to that management level. People that know how to already do this. And that's when you get to network and you get to meet people. So definitely networking for sure. Network. All right. Well, as we wind this thing down, let's let's uh, give shout outs to the people that have helped you along the way. Uh, you've already let me know you can't do it all by yourself. Once you get to uh, a, you know the level that you can make on your own, yes, you can get yourself some kind of recording device, uh, a computer with a uh, maybe a, like a USB interface and a microphone, and maybe uh, Fruity Loops, or I guess it's FL Studio now. And yeah, you can lay down some beats on your own, but to get to that next level. You've got to have engineers, somebody that can mix and master, somebody that can get you your sound quality. But then once you've got the song, you got to have a promoter. you got to have somebody that's going to help you uh, get on stage. Uh, so give shout-outs to the people that have helped you along the way, Carolina, two-time shine. Oh, definitely. I have to shout-out God. Thanks for everything. Thanks for my mother, Big South Music Management, Robin Shockley, SML, Self-Made Legends, uh, Ace of Beat Guy, Got 3, Production, the whole Carolina two-time shine team d shout out d for the tiktok there's a lot of people um that got us put in my life that 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 do extraordinary what they do and it's a big reason why i'm getting to have this opportunity of doing what i love to do so i want to say thank you to the whole carolina two-time shine team everybody that's been supporting it shout out to the platforms that are allowing us to come in promote what what we got going on and um I want you to encourage y'all to go to a show, www.carolinetwotimeshine.com. Go check that Ford Chevy, produced by Ace Beat Guide. We got a lot more coming, and uh, keep some prayers. This is going to be it's going to be a journey this year, and we're going we're going to pipe it up a little bit more. We're going to turn it up a notch. Twenty twenty two going. <laughs> Let's get it. No worries. <laughs> now, are you going to stay primarily in the North Carolina area, or are you going to go you know around the country and maybe uh, tune into the tune into the socials, Carolina Two Time Shine. And um, on there in the sites, 
the CarolinaTwoTimeShine.com. That's where you can find a lot of what's going on. And uh, just make sure you stay tuned in, y'all. Any shows coming up real soon or anything you got uh, cooking? We got one on um, April 16th. We're going to go down to Kingston, North Carolina. We're going to touch down and uh, get on the Lenore uh, County Fairgrounds. We're going to rock out that day. So I just want to keep us in prayers for that, y'all. We're going to go down and do what we do best. And uh, let's do it. Let's, let's get it. Excellent. Excellent, Carolina. Two time shine. I don't want this to be the last time that we talk. As as things progress, as you got more things to uh, to promote, I want you to come back. You got a an open invitation, man. You're a real nice guy, and uh, you're you're doing good things uh, using the values that you grew up with uh, to make music that you want to hear. And, and you know, if if you want to hear it, somebody else is going to want to hear it. So I, I listened to that Carolina Shine song, man. It's got it's catchy. It's got a beat, man. And I'm looking forward to to listen to that Ford or Chevy song as soon as we get off of this thing. Uh, but I, I usually finish these things off with last words for the people. It could be words to live by, something you heard a long time ago, uh, or you know maybe a mantra that you wake up with every day, or just whatever pops into your head at this moment in time. Carolina, two-time shine. Give the last words for the people. <laughs> Grind time is Carolina, two-time shine time. Or should we say, let's get it. goodness there he is carolina two-time shine ask for him by name look it up on on facebook you can look up carolina shine or carolina two-time shine and you'll find a lot of his social medias and of course you'll find his website the website's got a lot of information on there that you know you know that you can that you can definitely use to be a one of the stalkers (laughs) you could be a carolina two-time shine uh groupie and follow him around the carolina shine song let me tell you that song is catchy i mean he's if you look all right carolina two-time shine uh website if you go to his about page you you see him in all his glory he's got the uh he looks like hip-hop but he's got uh, the bandana and the cowboy hat and uh, it's just ah, you know and it even it goes through his uh through his uh his journey right there i didn't even look at it because i didn't want to to know anything before we started this podcast but i'll definitely take his bio and i'll put it in the show notes so you could read more about it and uh, i want i encourage you now that you know about carolina two times shine you tell two friends and they'll tell two friends and so on and if you're anywhere in the north carolina area that's the best place right now where you're probably going to find a Carolina Two Time Shine show, but if you need a little a little hip hop and a little country, how about how about this? If you need, if uh, part of your your people want to hear some hip hop, and then the other part wants to hear some country, say you're doing an office party. Ah, oh, let's have a hip hop artist. Let's have a country artist, just like uh, Reese's. Put a little peanut butter and chocolate together, and mix them up, and you get Carolina shine carolina two times shine because he's coming at you twice as hard oh i can dig it i can dig it man Uh, don't don't get limited to one thing always let your horizons be broadened and i appreciate that so much thank you so much for being on the podcast carolina two times shine that's it for this edition of what makes you famous Now, if you, yes, you, my loyal listener, if you'd like to be on the podcast, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email keysdan at aol.com. That's it for me. It's keysdanradiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. 
Use the hashtag, What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook, at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram, at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter, at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube, at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some great, great quotes eccentricity is one of the hallmarks of strong characters and original minds anonymous the music you want RadioWhat.com Tweet, tweet, yo. Follow Radio What on Twitter at RadioWhatTwit. Tweet, tweet, yo.